Today is Friday, October 27, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The manhunt in Maine still going. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us as well. Quick Start Podcast at CBN. Dot org. Joining me on this Friday to get through the news of the cripe, Billy Hallowell. Billy, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing this manhunt story is crazy. It's wild. It is really affecting a lot of people, as you could imagine. It's terrifying, terrifying, especially how heavily armed he seems to be and how insane he seems to be as well. So uh, we'll have the details on that. We got a surprising trend in entertainment, Billy, that we're going to talk about coming up on the focus story. Yeah, it's Gen Z, you know, the the younger Americans yeah. and their views on on sex scenes and in content. It's pretty. It's a pretty shocking, eye opening yeah. survey that we'll break down. It's surprising, and we'll get into the details on that. Also, Chris Mitchell, our Middle East bureau chief for CBN, has the latest on what's going on in Israel, the invasion, and everything that's on standby. At the moment, we'll have all that and more coming up on the podcast today. But first, we are going to get through the news in 90 seconds. The U.S. military conducted airstrikes on two facilities in eastern Syria yesterday. This comes after multiple American military personnel in Iraq and Syria have been attacked. A pair of F-16s targeted two facilities weapons depot and an ammo storage area and this is two places thought to be used by iran's islamic revolutionary guard defense secretary lloyd austin says the u.s does not seek conflict but iranian-backed attacks on american forces are quote unacceptable and must stop the manhunt in maine is still on Maine State Police say suspect Robert Card carried out a mass shooting at two different locations, leaving 18 dead and 13 injured. Thousands are on lockdown. Even the Canadian Border Patrol is on high alert. They released a statement saying our officers have been alerted to the high-risk situation and we are on the lookout. Card has not been spotted since the deadly shooting on Wednesday evening that spanned at a bowling alley and at a restaurant in Lewiston. Multiple federal agencies have joined law enforcement in the manhunt. And a special revival service is heading into its fourth night. This was last night with plans to go through Sunday as hundreds traveled to Gainesville, Georgia, to be part of a move of God taking place at Free Chapel Church. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Billy, this you, you alluded to it there at the top. This manhunt, I mean... My brother lives about an hour or so from Lewiston in New Hampshire, and, you know, it's an hour or so away, but you have no idea where this guy went, and he likely fled the area. I think they found his car, and so he probably stole another car. Who knows what he's doing or where he's traveling, but you really have to be on high alert, and a lot of people are at unease today. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine an entire town, schools, you think about all the things that go into a town functioning, you're basically telling everybody, you know, shelter in place, and even going to the store, right, things you need to do, going to get gas, how terrifying that would be, you know, yeah. you just don't know where this where this crazy guy is, but... Man, I, you know, 
I don't know. To me, it's also a little scary that with all the, you know, the FBI was instantly involved with all the police force we have that they have not been able to locate him yet. It reminds me of the Boston, you know, bombing. When you go back to that, you know, that whole manhunt that went on after where, where it was just terrifying. Yeah. And you just don't know. I mean, they were saying that he had mental health issues, that he was hearing voices ahead of this is something that I read about this suspect. But we don't know what his skills are. Some people are really good. I mean, Maine's got a lot of wilderness up there in Maine. So if he's if he prepared, if he's if he's a survivalist, I mean, he could be out in the middle of the woods and you know have no I mean with, with the escape suspect from prison a few weeks ago when that whole episode went down and he was caught here in Pennsylvania where I'm at he came out of prison so there was no way he had any supplies right he just left prison and so it was well known that he was going to be desperate and then he was going to have to rob somebody he was going to have to show up somewhere but that's not maybe the case with this guy I mean he was just under the radar at his home before he unleashed these horrible attacks on innocent people. And who knows how much he got ready. And so it's a whole different ball game this time around and a huge challenge. Well, that's the part. Yeah. To your point, is this a guy who was planning this for a long time or was it this crime that happened immediately? Right. But if he was planning it, you know, somebody like this who clearly seems to know what they're doing, they could have their entire life after this set up somewhere. It's just the other fear that I've had is, you know, oh, my goodness, is he going to come back? somewhere else and have a second part of this, right? Is that part of his plan? And, you know, I just, we have to pray that they can locate him, you know, as quickly as possible. I know they're scrambling to do that, but it's a little alarming the amount of time it's taking to make sure this threat is neutralized. Yeah, it certainly is. So our prayers definitely uh, with, with everyone in that area and, you know, just dealing with the unease and everything that goes along with that. And hopefully this comes to a peaceful end and what was obviously a horrible horrible tragedy uh, up there in maine all right we're going to move over to the focus story now there's a new study showing that tastes are changing in entertainment for gen z this is really interesting billy how are how are things going what direction now yeah, so, so before we even get into this, Gen Z, I know people get confused by this. I These do. are the people, I do too, <laughs> and it's like everybody's got a different you know name for generations, but these are the people born in the late 1990s or the early 2010s. So they're, they're young people. Um, they're one of the youngest generations. They are apparently not interested in seeing explicit sex scenes in shows and movies that they watch, and that... And that is interesting. We'll get into the numbers in a moment here, but it's particularly fascinating considering the fact that Hollywood has been increasing sex scenes. They're incredibly graphic in so many movies and TV shows. Uh, but a survey from researchers at UCLA found that 47.5% of the 1,500 respondents, and again, these are 13 to 24-year-olds, they said sex isn't needed in most TV shows. And 44% said even, they even said that romantic plots are overused storylines in entertainment. Um, But it's that first figure of almost half of these young people saying that they don't think these sex scenes are needed that really you know, stands out here. And one other number too, um, over half, almost 52% saying that they want to see more plots centered on platonic friendships. Mm. So, I mean, those are pretty shocking numbers. It is. It is really interesting. And what would be more interesting would be even to know the exact motivations behind this. Is this a move towards purity? Is this just a reaction to me too? And people have kind of shunned doing relationships as much because they're just 
going to get accused of assault or something of that nature. Um, but where's Hollywood on this? How are they reacting? Yeah, you know, we haven't seen a lot yet. And, and, you know, one thing I do know is that a lot of these directors and these producers, they they like creating this content, clearly. That's uh, why they yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and so you even when there's been attempts with, you know, Angel, VidAngel and some of these tools to get rid of some of that content for families, to allow them to get rid of it, some of these studios have fought back and said, no, this is, you're, you're hurting our creative abilities. So I don't really know what we're going to see happen on that front, but it is, to your point, it is interesting because the researcher, one of the researchers, um, Dr. Yalda Uhls over at UCLA, she said that, you know, it's true that adolescents want less sex in TV and movies, but she said what the survey is really saying is that they want more in different kinds of relationships reflected in the media they watch. And I'm not really sure what that means yeah. exactly. Um, I have some theories and, and <laughs> ideas about this. Uh, I'd love to vet here, but but yeah, they want to see. They don't want to see the sex necessarily. They want they want to see friendships and other things being represented. Super interesting. What else is in the survey that stood out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that the other piece there that we just talked about that platonic piece. Th this is the thing that has me interested, right? I I love the fact that fewer. I, and I want to preface it with this. I don't, I, this is great. We don't want to see all these sex scenes. We want them gone. They shouldn't be there. I think it's great that they're feeling that way. But then you see some of the other numbers and stats about Gen Z and being disconnected and lonely. And they did talk the researchers about coming out of COVID and the loneliness and that that might be why they want to see friendships represented, right? They're feeling alone. But then you wonder, you know, we keep seeing that fewer and fewer people are getting married in America. Mm -hmm. They're in fewer people are in relationships. Is this sort of like, is this just an aversion to relationships, right? Because they also said romance is overused. And I thought, well, that's interesting because you can have romance without sex, right? So I have some questions about that. What's going on with young people when it comes to romantic relationships that I'd love to see answered? Yeah, yeah and I think that it could be, it potentially could be good, but I would suspect it's more likely a negative just given the way I've seen culture go and the increased use and prevalence of um, pornography in culture and being normalizing the sex industry and the sex work. You know, I'm a sex worker and OnlyFans and all these other avenues out there for that. You think about that. So many people are engaging in that activity that maybe they're not pursuing relationships as a result they've they've gone into this pornography silo and then maybe they're saying you know what in a movie i don't really need that i've got all this pornography and all the sex stuff over here that i want so i don't need it in my movie i just want a movie because it, it is interesting that they're correct it is true sex scenes don't add really to the storyline you don't need it and hollywood sort of groomed us for a long time i think we've talked about this movies like american pie depicting teenagers and high schoolers having sex and pursuing sexual relationships and normalizing it that way. Fast times at Ridgemont high, the jokes about the freshman girls and they've kind of made it like this cool thing. And, and, and when you look back on that, when, when you're watching that stuff and you're in high school, you're thinking, Oh, well this is normal because we're all you know trying to get girlfriends and, and things of that nature. But then you look back on it and you're thinking the adults made this stuff. The adults yeah. were like, let's get all the high school kids together and show them having sex. Like, it's 
really disturbing when you think about it. And I agree, it doesn't add to the storyline. So, I mean, maybe maybe we'll get a benefit from that, but I don't know that it's for a healthy reason. Not only is it disturbing, by the way, you know, some one of the critiques or one of the responses is often, well, there are adult actors playing high right. school kids. Why, okay, how is that any How's better? That better? <laughs> it, you know, better. Euphoria, these, all of these shows where you're like, wait a minute, why are we putting kids in these positions? Why are we yeah. presenting this? And why do adults, here's the bigger thing, why do adults, adults want to watch it. children in these positions? Yeah. No, it's really disturbing. And I think a lot of it is, you know, growing up, at least my era, parents were just a little, they were less on guard about media. Now it's more in our face, right? With social media and just the overwhelming flood of content that is at our disposal. And so much of it is just awful that I think parents are on more high alert now for content. But I think, you know, a few a few decades ago, parents just sort of let that happen. They didn't really they didn't really uh, police it as much. At least that's just a observation, anecdotal observation that I have. But um, we'll see. We'll see where this trends go. Trends go, but it's certainly interesting, Billy. It is. It is. And, you know, it's something to be to be praying about, praying for Hollywood, praying that this content changes, because if people don't want it, you know, regardless of all the other underlying issues we just talked about, then why are they doing it? They and doing I think it? that's yeah. a bigger, <laughs> a bigger question we have to investigate. <laughs> it really is. And we'll keep updated on it as anything else pops up on this front. Appreciate you bringing it to the podcast today, Billy. All right. We're going to head over to the main thing now. And we're nearly three weeks into this war between Hamas and Israel. And the Israeli ground invasion still is on hold. And the fate of now more than 200 hostages still hangs in the balance. Well, the other night, Israeli Defense Forces conducted a daring raid into the northern Gaza Strip, struck a number of targets, they said, in order to prepare the battlefield. And so these soldiers are on the ready. Chris Mitchell, our Middle Eastern bureau chief, is there in Israel, and he gave us an update on the 700 Club this week and caught up with Andrew Knox. That's today's main thing. Overnight, the IDF conducted a raid into the northern Gaza Strip, striking a number of Hamas targets to prepare the battlefield for the next stage of combat. On the ground, the soldiers say they're ready. As far as why we're not operating, I don't know why exactly. There's rumors because of the cabinet, the prime minister, whoever, I don't care. As far as the military is concerned, we are ready, we are prepped, we have been training, and we've been overtraining, and we have been honing in our tactics, in my unit at least. And I can tell you, as far as we're concerned, we are more than ready to go in, to operate, and to get things done. There are reports Israel is delaying the ground invasion while the U.S. moves more resources into the region to deter a widening war. Wednesday night, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu addressed the nation. He said the time of the ground invasion will be determined by the war cabinet and explained what's at stake. We're concerned by one thing, saving the country, achieving victory. Our war against Hamas is a test for all of humanity. It's a fight between the Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas axis of evil and the forces of freedom and progress. Light will defeat darkness. In Lebanon, Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah met with leaders of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Hamas, their first reported meeting since the start of the war. 
The Wall Street Journal also reported that as many as 500 Hamas terrorists trained inside Iran before the massacre on October 7th. In the meantime, the IDF continues to bomb Hamas targets in Gaza City. A Hamas spokesman says 6,000 Palestinians have been killed so far, a number President Joe Biden questions. I have no notion that Palestinians are telling the truth about how many people are killed. I'm sure innocents have been killed, and it's the price of waging a war, but I have no confidence in the number that the Palestinians are using. Biden also believes the Hamas attack was designed to disrupt peace in the Middle East. I'm convinced one of the reasons Hamas attacked when they did, I have no proof of this, just my instinct tells me, is because of the progress we were making towards regional integration for Israel and regional integration overall. And we can't leave that work behind. I was with her on the phone at 10.14 when she called me and said, Mommy, I was shot. Just imagine how a mother would feel when she hears her daughter on the phone far away from her saying, I was shot. On Wednesday night, the global day of prayer for the hostages and missing linked families and Jews around the world in prayer. We feel the pain globally of the families that their kids were murdered, butchered, kidnapped. And we wanted to bring an evening of solidarity for Jews around the world that they could tune in live that they could hear the story and unite in prayer. And that's why it was so important, because we're one family and we care for one another. It's this reliance on prayer and God's word that is a source of strength to many at this time. At the end of his speech, Netanyahu quoted the Bible. With shared forces, with deep faith in the justice of our cause, and in the eternity of Israel, we will realize the prophecy of Isaiah 60, 18. Violence shall no more be heard in your land, desolation nor destruction within your borders, but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Chris Mitchell is with us live now. We always appreciate his reporting on the ground. Chris, yesterday President Biden said after this crisis is over, we can't return to the status quo. The focus should be on creating a two-state solution. How is that message going to be received in Israel right now? Well, Andrew, it's not being received well at all. Uh, some people wonder if it's wishful thinking or where President Biden's getting his intelligence. For example, in our report yesterday about the Palestinian Authority, we noted that uh, actually that they uh, that Hamas is actually more popular than the Palestinian Authority uh, in the West Bank. And so, uh, also in last Friday, the uh, the imams in the West Bank were told to quote a, a verse from the Hadith that says, uh, you know. In the judgment day is coming, you have to rise up and kill Jews. So uh, it's not being accepted uh, much by here. You know, uh, it's been the Biden administration is, is taking what other administrations have done back to the Bush administration, advocating a two-state solution, but it's never succeeded. And uh, after October 7th, I don't think it's, there's much appetite for that here in, uh, in, in Israel at all. Yeah, Chris, and also yesterday an AP photo showed that Hezbollah Hamas and Islamic Jihad leaders meeting together. What's the message of that meeting? Well, I think the message right now, uh, Andrew, is that there's coordination between all the proxy armies and groups that here in the Middle East. Uh, that would be uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, a proxy of Iran, Hamas, which is funded by Iran. Also, many of the Iranian militias are, are attacking U.S. bases right now in Syria and Iraq. Uh, so I think all, all of this 
is uh, what it's telling us is it's directed and coordinated by Te Tehran. And uh, so this is the first reported meeting. Whether or not there are other reported meetings, we don't know. But, uh, but certainly this is uh, something to be concerned about because this is not only involving Israel, but also U.S. troops in the region. But the global day of prayer for the hostages and the missing, uh, what more can you tell us? Well, I can tell you, actually, I went to two events yesterday. The first one I went to, uh, Andrew, was uh, something that the international media had uh, had been given. They had uh, given the raw footage of what happened on October 7th, and it was just horrifying to see some of these images. Some of these images were actually men in combat gear with, uh, you know, killing a father and uh, wounding two of the uh, two two. Young boys, you, you got to remember, this is a Saturday morning. They were expecting a relaxing Shabbat, and uh, yet they came. This terrifying, uh, hap this terrifying day happened. So that was the first thing I saw, and really, what it what it did to me, Andrew, it moved me that uh, that you know these are people that aren't going to be celebrating birthdays or anniversaries or graduations, and their whole lives are upside down, either ended or, as we saw later in the day, we saw this event, this prayer event for those, uh, a global day of prayer for both the uh, hostages and the missing. And uh, that was a moving event as well. We heard the account of one woman who uh, had actually went on the phone with her daughter while she was being hunted by, by, uh, by Hamas. She was shot, and now she's kidnapped, not knowing where she is or what kind of condition she's in. Uh, so that was kind of the moving event. And what they're saying is, uh, you know, the Talmud says, one of the rabbis was telling me, one of the worst anguishes you can have is having a, a, a person kidnapped, a loved one kidnapped, because there's no closure. And they really, uh, they, they can't go ahead and uh, uh, close that, that, that sort of emotional gap. And uh, one people told me, the Jewish people are a family, and they want Christians to stand with them. And uh, really, the reason for the uh, Global Day of Prayer is they've done everything diplomatically. They're doing negotiations. But the ultimate help is they look to the Almighty. They look to God. All right, Chris, thank you. And thanks to your entire team for all the special coverage you have brought us in these weeks. Right, great reporting there from CBN's Chris Mitchell. And, of course, we'll all be continuing to pray for everybody there caught up in the middle of this uh, horrible situation that Hamas has created. All right, we are going to have time here on the podcast for one last thing. Yeah, this is an encouraging verse, Jeremiah 17, 7, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have the Lord their hope mm. and, and made the Lord their hope and confidence. And so keeping God at the center, it makes everything else come together. <laughs> there we go. Well done ending the week on a rhyme. I love it. But it's so true. I mean, just turn towards God. That is a theme you see over and over and over in scripture again that God is just calling us to do. It seems like a simple task, but we are prone to wander. So we'll definitely be praying for that as we go through the weekend. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We're going to be back here on Monday with more. God bless. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend.